0: You know what's weird? I, they just discontinued the original goldfish flavor because that was no, no, my favorite I no and I, original. really? Yeah. No, that's cheddar. That's not original.
1: Oh, you mean the flavorless goldfish? <laughs> yeah, the, the blue bag. I'm talking it's, about it's, the
0: blue bag. It's,
1: so it's goldfish
2: flavored weird. goldfish. Yeah, that's like eating soup crackers. No,
0: they're, yeah, they're like soup crackers. They're good. Oh, the oyster crackers, oyster I've crackers never are seen delicious. I only know fucking them as cheddar. cheddar. <laughs> fucking Ned Flanders
1: ass snack. Yeah, I, mean,
0: <laughs> I love eating just plain soup crackers. For me,
1: It's not even Ned Flanders, it's Maude Flanders. <laughs> Unflavored. Ice I just know. think it's
0: weird that they don't make them anymore. Like they've I've been just discontinued. You know what it is? White genocide.
2: <laughs>
0: that's white culture being displaced. I used to get two bags of goldfish and I would like eat a handful of both at the same time and it would just make a wonderful flavor combination.
3: Wait a that's No, that's not a flavor combination. That's a flavor and a not flavor.
1: Oh, come on. Yeah. It's just like a delicious The cracker. absence of flavor.
0: Cracker being the op- operative word here, now, here. Welcome to the 21st
3: century. This is this is the, this is is the a time
0: of ethnicity and spiciness. There were Parmesan-flavored goldfish as well. I don't see them anymore. They came in a Those green bag. Those were really good. They came in a green bag.
1: I wasn't really a cracker person.
4: I don't understand. I never understood flavor blasted. Uh, it
1: just means that they have dust on them. I <laughs>
4: like well, they like I'll, like they I'll aged in the that. warehouse, and now they're yeah. more potent. I enjoy the
3: flavored bukkake.
4: Little barrel goldfish. <laughs>
3: the flavored Bukkake to me is better than Flavor Blasted we
0: should we should we should, uh, we, should um, um, I need to, we need to end this because people always get really angry when we talk about food they do show. they, they do. really don't we like it we did not
1: it. sign up for food talk and they're like oh, you sign up for whatever we're gonna say you're supporting
0: Pepperidge Farm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have, know that Pepperidge Farm has slave
3: colonies <laughs> I'm sure they South have America. atrocious
0: labor practices so uh, let's talk about something positive which is our tribute to my test <laughs> results <laughs> Our uh, tribute to uh, the great man and scientist Stephen Hawking. steve o You know, the guy who influenced Rick and Morty and Ready Player One.
3: The guy who invented science and loving it.
5: Stephen Hawking, for you guys who don't know, he played Professor X in the X-Men movies. He's gone now. Yeah.
3: I got to say, though, for a long time, people kept insisting, oh, Stephen Hawking is smarter than you. Well, if that's true, how come he's dead and I'm still alive?
2: Checkmate.
0: um, as a, as a tribute to the great man, I uh, <clears throat> have found a Stephen Hawking voice generator, uh, just as a browser sort of app. So I think we'd just like to have a little fun with that right now.
2: Falling through a black hole would feel like getting sloppiest top ever. <laughs>
3: damn wow i can't believe you said that (laughs) science come alive
2: last time i cry about a bitch god's (laughs) bless oh that rocks
5: oh anyway so israel the modern day apartheid
2: state uh I love smoking fucking loud. <laughs> Matt,
0: here, you want to do one?
2: You all thought I meant my man's dick.
3: <laughs> I would not have predicted that. I would not have thought effoo. Wow, I guess,
5: I guess AI still has a lot of way, a lot
3: of the way to go. Yeah, I'm not worried about the robot uprising. Yeah. Not with that technology. Um, uh, of
2: so- <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty so, good, pretty so, good. So, actually, so, I'm feeling
5: like Black Flanders.
2: I feel like Black Flanders. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, this is this is hours of oh, fun, man. Yeah. We, it, don't, we it, don't, we don't, we didn't even have to. I read all these articles for this episode. <laughs> this is the whole to show, this
1: all, all be the whole show. Yeah,
0: all it took was a uh, one of the greatest minds of the 20th century dying for this uh, yeah. to take what place. This yeah, he got owned. Um, that second law of thermodynamics is a bitch
5: It's not the law of thermodynamics It's actually biological law that he died Thank you It's also a physical
3: law No it's not
5: Thermodynamics is a myth You're like 35 and still believe in thermodynamics Grow up
3: Wait, wait, what, what, wait a minute It's not real What is real? Christianity
1: <laughs> Our lord and savior yeah.
2: Clean up your room, Buckle, you are a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Play the pussy like a swizzle stick flute. <laughs> Lucifer loops is a thought upon and a nasty bow.
5: That's the dialectic right
2: there. Right.
0: Uh. <laughs>
5: Guys, in seriousness, Donald Trump Jr. is getting divorced.
3: What?
4: What? Yeah. what? Yeah. Wait. Eight what? Six, baby, Emily Smith just reported it.
0: No. Is this breaking news? Yeah. Uh, yeah, happened. Holy like, shit. Last few we, uh, I always confuse him. Which one is Don Jr.? Is Don- he the Beavis or Butthead? He's he's
4: he's, uh, he's, Be- butthead.
0: he's butthead. He's got uh, who, who, like the blonde, yeah. but the blonde. No, no, the blonde know, is, beavis, blonde beavis, blonde is beavis, beavis. Beavis is blonde. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 The
1: black haired one is Butthead. Think yep. of it in their voices. It's Beavis. No, but like Eric has the upturned. They both lip, kind of like, do. They, they, they
3: both, both do. Look do. like, like They're but, smelling a fart at all times.
1: Yeah, they both. They both have gum, and they both have Charlie Kirk
3: gum, which yeah. is a hereditary condition congenital to the American upper class, they where lo- your gums just get bigger and bigger
5: every day of your life. <laughs> I love smiling and looking like a 1970s dinner mold, like a Jello mold with chiclets in it, <laughs> something that people only ate when orgies were like an everyday thing, <laughs> and everyone was smoking Mexican dirt weed and was like. Oh, my God, I had an amazing psychedelic experience. It taught me I have to be nice to people. This changed my life. And then they became corporate executives. And then in between, they made yellow molds that looked like Charlie Kirk and Don Jr.'s (laughs) mouths.
0: I love to smile at a girl and have her feel like one of John Lilly's assistants. (laughs) Yeah, we're gumming
5: on these (laughs) hoes. That's the new thing. Donald Trump's the conservative... Like, victory in the culture war is grills are not going to be a thing anymore. Every rapper is going to want to have a real gummy smile. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Wall's coming back. Let me
3: see your gums. I got to say that I'm looking forward to this. I think this is a positive development because the one thing we've been missing in the Trump verse, the Trump Twitter verse, is a stringent defense of men's rights uh, and family court. Like, they don't talk about that too much. And once Don Jr. starts going to court he's going to have a lot of wait. Opinions. you think
4: this will make it a court they're just going to like There's they're no going to yeah they're going to mediation yeah and yeah. he's like,
1: going to
3: have a lot of opinions though about 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 men being discriminated i mean maybe i
4: mean the thing I would be interesting is so. if like somebody takes away his phone because he's been tweeting like i mean his twitter's always been kind of out there but it's it's definitely been a little
1: i think dj one is going to backhand him and be like <laughs> you shut your mouth you don't say anything about this in public and then you just then, get another that, one yeah
3: you just go. You, just you go, get another one. You get a better one. You go to Moldova and you get another one. It's, it's easy.
0: I should uh, introduce our guest this week. It is returning champion Noah Colin, who is joining us on a day that is uh, – this is like a little bit of Chapo uh, kismet and uh, synchronicity because the first time you joined us was to talk about Theranos uh, blood entrepreneur Elizabeth Holmes. And just today, in addition to John Jr. being divorced, Breaking news: Elizabeth Holmes is being charged with mega fraud, <laughs> <laughs> ultra fraud. Yeah,
4: and she's banned from being a part of like a public company. No, for like another ten years. <laughs> what? Uh, but she. So it's, it's she's a, a
1: visionary.
4: Well, uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> charged with massive fraud. Yeah. I don't know. I just love. That I mean, that's a like thing. they
4: overstated their revenue by a factor. By they've overstated their revenue by. A uh, hundredfold, I guess Because they <laughs> oh, said it that was they, a thousand They,
0: they said a said hundred million, million And it was a hundred thousand
4: Bad at math It's like a hundred thousand To a hundred million
0: What is the actual uh, fraud the, Like just the idea That her blood machine worked It
4: was uh, the uh, revenue and like operating like it was like the stuff that you can't lie about like like actual material financial information
1: you're allowed to lie about your magical blood machine but you're not allowed to uh, like misreport your your income because rich people lose
4: money and that's not allowed well i mean which is like in in a way that kind of reveals that this is actually just like you know pretty normal corporate law enforcement and not anything like that special or that punishing um she is like, per the settlement with the SEC, she doesn't have to acknowledge any wrongdoing. She doesn't have to like confirm or deny anything. She was just going to pay a massive fine. She's going to owe the investors like a lot of money. But it like, like the agreement, it's the same one that like a lot of the banks after the after the financial crash got. It's like an agreement with the SEC, a civil, uh, it's a civil suit, um, that they don't have to acknowledge any wrongdoing. Yeah. And, so
3: the only way she would have gone to jail, I guess, is if she tweeted about Harambe and bought, well, uh, bought a Wu-Tang album. Well, so,
4: I mean, it's it's not totally clear if she's out of the woods yet in a criminal sense. Like, I, I haven't seen, like, unless there's somebody who's like, said anything to the contrary or reported anything to the contrary today, I haven't seen, like, there were reports of, like, a year and a half ago that, like, the FBI was looking into what was going on. So, like, there may be something criminal, but, like, I kind of doubt that. It like, says
1: so far, she ha- so far she just has to pay, like, half a million, yeah. and then she can't be in charge of her company for ten years no. And then take the food and, and beverage return, job. like, <laughs> <laughs> like hundreds of returns, millions of dollars. Yeah, eighteen point nine million shares. Which her oh, crime
0: it,
4: it, here is that she owes rich people a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah giving back the shares is just like
0: Miss Holmes. Give back your Chuck E. Cheese tickets. Yeah, all of those shares are type O though, so that they can be they can be shared with literally anyone. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I don't think the fbi is going to find anything unless there was a mentally disturbed muslim teenager who worked at theranos that they could set up and i don't think there is so they're not going to find anything. the fbi only
5: persecutes uh albanians for financial crimes yeah. really yeah albanians well, yeah, and only.
4: like immigrants
5: yeah immigrant <laughs> yeah they love they love being like well we've finally taken on wall street by which you mean a guy in like a pakistani american in bridgeport connecticut who had a like Mortgage company that used to be a laundromat. is one of the for thirty six thousand dollars of fraud? By the way, we bungled our part, our uh, prosecutions on the Bear Stearns hedge funds guys. Peace.
0: What isn't one of the this year's like nominees for best documentary was this movie Abacus about like the only bank yeah, that was it's, prosecuted. It, it, there's a for- really
4: great New Yorker story from a few years ago about it. It's like the only bank that got prosecuted as a result of financial crisis was an, it was a Chinese immigrant like, like, immigrant community bank in Chinatown. <laughs> it's absurd. It's like it's it's like a it's like a picture perfect way of of just how like actual like structural corporate malfeasance like on like a massive level like goes un unpunished
5: the only guys the fbi like the only guy the feds will go after for that type of thing are like two-episode arc justified tertiary character. <laughs> <laughs> like, some guy who
3: overstates the income of his mini golf course. Yeah,
5: the, like the guy that Raylan cucks is who they get, But if or, you make him an immigrant.
0: Yeah. Uh, Matt referenced it. Uh, the, other, the other financial uh, news, uh, Screlly... You've been following that, Noah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He thinks you know, he I'm fucking su- meme himself into prison. I mean, honestly, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm again. I've been following this at a distance. Maybe this is complete ignorance, but it does kind of seem like that he's being hit with the book for just being an asshole. Yeah.
4: I mean, like I, it appears that way. Like I don't know. Do you, you guys see the Harper's published like? The transcripts of the court yeah. like, wardier, like <laughs> no no thing. it's just like the like jur after jur after juror talking about how like I hate him, I want him to die <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. um,
4: so it's really funny like please like like go look those up um but the the thing that is like kind of crazy about this is that like Dar still costs like seven hundred fifty bucks or whatever it is like it's the the actual like problem, the thing that was bad in the first place that like w- warrants like i don't know like punishment perhaps in the eyes of most people um is like not what he's getting hit for and the other like bigger corporate players that really do this um like you know i don't see like heather Ma- uh joe Manchin's daughter the one who runs my land yeah like yeah the epi Pens. yeah the epi pen lady um she's not like that's not
3: and the guys who jacked up the price of insulin, insulin one of the yeah. guys the fucking hhs secretary right now mm. so that's cool but, but mean, he did, it just seems like he must have just memed himself into prison. Like, that being no, an been. ostentatious they, asshole, people are just like, well, fuck you now.
1: They I don't mean, care it, if you're a profiteer on yeah. death. They literally don't care. I mean,
4: I would say that it's also, like, you know, perhaps, like, he got he got hit with the – he got charged and hit with the book because he, like, maybe drew attention to himself for being an asshole like that. I feel like the the assholeishness is probably what, what allowed the jury – allowed the – judge to make a sentence that yeah, that's insane. Was, there, was it Seven jury years? who awarded it
3: i think well i think the 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 judge would uh would pass down the sentence judge
5: joe uh, mattis <laughs> <laughs> <The> judge <Manor.
3: laughs> you tell me
5: you raise that price um are you saying mattis do you mean mathis no judge <laughs> Mathis, two guys is a guy. <laughs> judge James Mattis. He moonlights is a TV judge.
3: Well, that's judge but Mathis.
5: No, it's not. God I don't care. Don't uh, gaslighting. Yeah, you can't do this to me anymore. I found the gaslighting technique. You can no longer correct me. Uh anyway, no, but the, the, I, I,
1: I do think it's like Shkreli is a profiteering like piece of shit. Um and I do dislike the kind of argument that, like, well, you know, these other people do it too. And I'm like, I I still think he's a bad guy who should go to jail. But That's obviously not why he's being sent. Yeah, I mean, this is what the
5: feds always do with this type of shit, though. I mean, Enron, the Enron guys famously got the book thrown at them. Ken Lay uh, took the Nuremberg way out, in my opinion. But Skilling, (laughs) they just whipped the book at that bitch. Mm -hmm. And it's it's always something like, yeah, they, like, just on virtue of what they do, they deserve to, I guess they deserve a punishment. But it's always like you take one guy yeah, I mean, who, who's who's, emblo- to, who's they, emblematic of the of the abuse? They need of this a scalp, industry. and
1: literally no one is more annoying than him. So right. I mean, yeah. and, and we'll with, with other- Enron,
5: was Enron the only company to do mark to marketing no. fraud? No, were they the only company to abuse energy regulations and push for deregulations? No, just like Shkreli isn't the only one to raise the prices of drugs, and his investment fraud i bet you could just if you threw a fucking pebble into any window on wall street you would find people doing the exact same thing but it is like that this guy was an asshole and uh what i'm saying exactly and i wish we could have a 90s comedian here so i could argue that, get too mad and argue this point is that he's literally a christ figure being <laughs> dying for our sins and uh he's innocent
0: Speaking of um, financial crimes that uh, continue to go unpunished, again, as I was walking in the door here, I just found out that the next CEO of Goldman Sachs uh, is an EDM DJ on the side. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not kidding. That's Fuck. not a joke. This future sucks ass. Yes. Uh. He goes by DJ Saul. <laughs> oh Diesel. my god. Dsoul? D- David Solomon and he goes by <laughs> <laughs> DJ D-Soul. Why can't we just have and
3: gross I, old I go scumbag by, plutocrats? I go by DJ Dsoul. Uh I'm hmm. David Solomon. Why do we have to have this? Can't we just have gross old men sitting around a fucking <laughs> table oh my
1: god this rule!
3: oh my god
1: you know what? no i like this because well, you know, you know, you know i like this because it's 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 so decadent and disgusting that i do think it will inspire uh, a, a more productive revulsion at the ruling class it's yeah, at least
5: new that's for sure it, it's like i like that um the childhood that everyone has to live in now extends forever and it's like <laughs> this guy's entire life is his bar mitzvah
2: Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, this is like what his therapist suggested he do is like as like a way to help manage stress and everything. Like relive his like highest point. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I
0: want the next CEO of uh, Goldman Sachs to be uh, the a rave dad
2: who, oh, who gives yeah, everyone yeah, ecstasy yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and wears
0: visors and fucking power and like those big rave pants and shit. And he's got glow glow sticks.
1: Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm looking at pictures of him.
4: Is he he's one a, of the bald guys? He
0: is a th- yeah,
1: of course. He's very bald. Yeah, that photo that
4: they're looks, all like Bezos. The, it looks like the poster for uh, what's that movie, Coneheads? We're like, yeah. it's, uh, like yeah. it's just all the Goldman It's sex. all
3: it's all fucking Bezos. After Bezos, now they're all shaving their head. It's just a, we're all ruled by a bunch of EDM big game hunting JK Simmonses. It rules. It's great.
5: I love it. He's, de- he's Dead Mouse, but in the Art Spiegelman sense.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can cut
5: that one. It's pretty good, though. It's pretty <laughs> good. That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> well, that's a, that's actually a good transition to what we were actually here to talk to right. Noah about. Uh, Noah, you've just done a little bit of a shoe leather reporting. You were down in D.C. the other week. Tell us, what were you doing? What, what were you attending?
4: Uh, I was at the APAC Policy Conference. Hell yeah!
5: Woo! Uh, i understand you were a guest speaker
4: there congratulations <laughs> uh thank you um it was yeah, so it's a thing they do every year it's their it's their biggest event in d c um like in in the like that they- like they collect more people there than they do at any other thing
3: really I thought they had a thing every year at a cemetery in prague <laughs> uh do they- so they stop doing that i'm confused
4: uh well it's hush hush um <laughs> So it's and so they they roll out like on stage in front of like thousands of people at the Washington Convention Center. They like have the whole joint. And if I don't know if you've ever been there, that place is giant. Um, and so they have like, like this year it was Mike Pence, um, Nikki Haley, (laughs) uh, Chuck Schumer. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nancy Pelosi showed up for a little bit. Mm. Um, Mm. this uh Queens Democrat, uh, Grace Meng, um, who was interviewed interviewed i don't know how to put it by like a correspondent for good morning america um there were a whole bunch of folks there and so i spent time at the main event and like saw a bunch of the speeches and interviewed a bunch of people at the convention center and then i also went to for one uh, one part of an afternoon um and this is what i wrote about um was this uh event sponsored in part by an israeli government ministry uh that i'll talk about more uh, that i'll get to later uh, but an official Israeli government ministry and then settler organizations like in the West Bank. And the event was like celebrating and like honoring these people, like like these like like, you know, like political titans, the settlers. Um, and they had uh, Naftali Bennett, an Israeli government minister, um, Ayala Sheked, who's the justice minister. Dime. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there were another governor, uh, government minister, uh, Yuval Steinitz spoke. There were a whole bunch is, is the point. And then representatives from, like, Jewish settler communities spoke. And so these are people who live in what is internationally recognized as, like, occupied Palestinian territory. And they're, like, they are given, like, a lot of governmental support, um, an increasing amount, as, like, Israel's right wing has come to control the country. They are given an enormous amount of, like, um, political support that... Like is effectively makes it harder and harder for Palestinians to get back land that was once theirs. Uh,
0: something that jumped out uh, just right away reading uh, your article about this, which is in a uh, Jewish Currents. We'll link to it in the uh, the show description and in the info. But um, you, you talk about uh, a group called the Hebron Fund, which bankrolls, uh, as you write, bankrolls extremist Jewish Jewish settlers in Hebron and Ariel University. But you say that the Hebron Fund is U.S. tax subsidized. How is that possible? And what, like that—that that seems ludicrous to me.
4: I mean, there's a whole host of—I mean, it's not just the pro-Israel stuff, but there's some pretty egregious examples. The Hebron Fund is the most egregious of which um, Mother Jones has written about it, and you can Google uh, for the detail, like the, the finer details on this. But basically, you can you can like write those off as like charitable tax deductible donations um, <laughs> if you want to give to them. So it's like a charity, <laughs> yeah. And the Hebron Fund, by the way, the settlement of Hebron, like. Hebron is a city in the southern part of the West Bank and it's like there is like a part of the city called H1 and and then H2 and H2 H1 is like a Palestinian city that's like the others in, in throughout the West Bank but H2 is like this like weird world in which Palestinians like are not allowed to go outside. So you have many people who are like effectively trapped in their homes, and you have like a very small number of Jewish settlers in the core of the city um, who claim like you know like like religious motivation because it's close to the um like like it's close to like a like a Jewish uh, religious site. They like they have with like the backing of the IDF the ability to just like control this entire city. And the Chevron Fund and, and, and the Chevron settlement was like one, they're tax subsidized because they have like a really effective lobbying, like political advocacy presence here. And then in, in, at the APAC event, I mean, in this room, um, they were present. And like in a, a spokesperson for that community um, was actually like the MC. Of the of is, like the panel of government. Ministers. Sorry, is this
0: at APAC or is this at like the other sort of so, shadow so yeah, I conference? should, I should be that clear you about attended.
4: this, this was not an APAC event. This was a separate. Um, th- th- that's a like pretty. But it was clearly,
0: it was a separate event, but it was clearly being held as like the, the yeah. at the same time as APAC because it was like not
4: yeah, officially and also, recognized. And, and also like it was literally like three blocks away. It's sort
0: of like s-
3: Sundance and Slam Dance, if you will. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's, for all the festival
3: heads out there.
4: The um, the like this event, though, like Shaked, who spoke. So Shaked is Shaked is a leader in the Jewish Home Party. And because uh, our boy Bibi is going through some legal troubles at the moment, um, she's Innocent. positioning herself as a like a, as a contender to be the next like leader of the Israeli right wing. Who would then ostensibly be the next Israeli prime minister. And she's extremely hardline, like one of the more like nationalist politicians in Israel. She like was talking about how she met with like US Congress people, APAC donors and presumably APAC staff, like that she'd been having those meetings and like Naftali Bennett and others did so as well. Like, you know, these are like hardcore settlers and this was not an APAC event, but at the same time, like it's, it reflected like the fundamental, like, I wouldn't say problem, but like the fundamental challenge for a group like APAC, which is that like, like, are they ready to like start hopping in bed with like uh, these people and make these events official?
5: Were you were you there, uh, still there when they the Netanyahu government secured that deal to uh, not go to prison? Not really to not go to prison, but to uh, hold the government together, maybe have elections soon so he could get a mandate and not not do the race. Yeah. What was the what was the mood like there? Were people still sort of jockeying for position
4: just in the hopes that Netanyahu is going to get 12? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like there's a lot of like, you know, like when I saw Bennett speak, for example, mm-hmm. he like the first thing he said was that, like, I'm sure BB going to come out clean. And like Bennett, you know, who previously worked for Netanyahu and is now like to his like right, like extreme right flank. Um, like for Bennett to say that as like a political rival, like suggests that like people aren't ready to like start jockeying like that quite yet. Like it, it's not quite there. Um, but what's definitely interesting though is the like is is sort of like the opposite response, which is that instead of like this jockeying, you have like this like really incredible unity.
5: That's good. It's good when people work
0: together. <laughs> <And> solve problems. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the crowd like at the uh, the, the, the settler conference the yesha council is that what it's called uh what was the crowd like there versus in the bigger like apac convention center
4: um it was much more orthodox Mm -hmm. much more religious um because a lot of the settlers are religious but not entirely Um, wait wait a second who
0: who are the non-religious people like beating down the walls to Move well, into the I mean, so, Air, like, Air, like,
5: Airbnb
3: super users.
0: Well, yeah.
4: <laughs> like, so, no. So, uh, like, well, this I mean, is, don't this you is get
0: is,
3: subsidized? Like,
4: fuck so it so, up, there's, so, there's a couple points to that. The first is that, like, it's a lot cheap. Like, Israel is a deeply unequal country. It's like, has a worse Gini coefficient than the U.S. Like, it's a. And, like, it's in, like Israeli society and the Israeli economy have become, like, increasingly captive to, like, large corporations that have made it, like, m- you know, much less equal just within, like, Israel's borders. And so the settlements are, like, This isn't, like, the whole story to them by any means or even most of it, but, like, a significant part of it is that, like, it is a lot less – it costs a lot less to live in, like, a settlement, which is, you know, commuting distance from Jerusalem than it is to, like, live in the city of Jerusalem. And then the second component is also that, like, you know, these settlements are, like – they're, you know, they look like Palo Alto. Like, these are not, like, outposts. Like, they're very comfortable places to live. And so people get – like, they get acclimated to, like, you know – like, yeah, like, so what? We live in a settlement. Like, there are Palestinians who don't have any civil rights, like, five miles away, or maybe 500 meters away. Like, it doesn't matter. It's a comfortable existence. So you don't have to be that religious to, like, be motivated to live there.
0: It looks really bleak, though. I mean, it... it
1: well, it's I mean, like, as
4: bleak as our American suburbs are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Also, depending on where you're settling from, might be a lot bleaker.
4: Yeah. And then there's, you know, also, like, this... Like, independent of like the like religious motivations or like the secular, like, you know, like material motivations, there's also just like there is a real nationalist undercurrent in Israel right now. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean,
0: so it's sort of like, uh, you know, your duty to, to move. You get to be country. a part of yeah. I mean, a new so, frontier.
1: And the
4: this is like sort of what I talked about. Like, this is the theme of the event. It's that like to stand with Israel means to stand with the settlements.
0: Well, I mean, uh, one of like, the things exp- like you have to like it's yeah, not break that up. What you write about in the piece is at this at this event at the Yesha Council one, not the APAC one. You write that um Bennett and others, it was like the 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 line of the conference was like basically, look, the two state solution is over. So now it's time to really embrace the settlements and really embrace this nationalistic expansionist vision of Israel. They just openly acknowledge now we're no longer going to have a Palestinian state. they're going to have to accept as, as as you quote them in this piece being so, sort of like a like American Samoa or just sort of like a weird semi legal protectorate of israel even but you know without any real government or civil rights or anything like that
5: and there there's an interesting sort of mirror image there in that. Israel, as Noah's talked about, like has become incredibly unequal. And sort of the big front-facing push they give to the West, and America especially, is the great Israeli tech advancements that have
2: ways. Know, it, ways.
5: Yeah, ways. they were like, it's, it, well, didn't they say it was hypocritical for Stephen Hawking to criticize Israel because his wheelchair was invented in Israel? Is that, am Checkmate. I misremembering uh, that?
2: Hold on, I think we can
5: ask him. <laughs> but... But the front-facing thing is like, no, this is a very forward-thinking place. We have this huge tech industry. We have, you know, Tel Aviv pride, the most vibrant gay community on earth. You know, we're sort of this one metropolitan rose in this desert.
4: Well, cherry tomatoes uh, are created in Israel.
5: Well, also like mirroring the same type of uh, income inequality that you'd get in Silicon Valley, but. That plays into their like the economic hardship. That plays into their greater nationalist goals. Instead of you know restricting multiple ownerships of homes or any type of rent ce- rent ceilings or anything, they can just be like, "Well, no, we can achieve airsets Israel if you just if you you know if you don't want to if you don't want to pay that much, just help us achieve airsets Israel." And uh,
2: hold on, I'm using ways, cruising down the west bank in my cherubich. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's, yeah. That's yeah, a but, good point. But, but, it's like it pushes them out, right? right. And it, may, it it's 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 the same way that you get any settlers is, is you can't hack it anymore, and so you got to go somewhere else. And at the same time, this nationalist fervor of
5: you know, no one they were never going to have a second state. They may have a few years ago, but not. Like I think the only way forward may be one state, but they want they want. Pal- the Palestinian lands to be this American Samoa type thing because then you just have this permanent guest worker program. I mean the the construction in Israel, the construction industry in Israel, like the vast majority of Palestinian guest workers work in construction, helping to achieve the same kind of like overbuilding with rising rents that we have here, and they get paid less; they don't have to be paid benefits. So you achieve this nationalist goal while also just maintaining this huge pool of cheap labor that you need to maintain yeah, a society There, there is, like, like that.
4: fundamentally, like, economic exploitation that's, like, a like a a, a a really critical theme to this, like all the industrial parks in Israel. I mean, in the West Bank that are operated, like, by Israeli companies.
0: Um, another thing that I think um, uh, I let, uh, Shikad, did you say your last name? Shikad, yeah. Shikad. Oh, Shakad. Shakad. Shekin. time that's what i call okay. it okay um another thing she says uh, you know openly at this conference or oh no I'm sorry not at this conference but she has been quoted in the past as saying uh israel being a jewish state is more important than it being a democratic state or a state that respects international human rights uh, so, laws yeah so i it's now it's like they're they're becoming more and more bold with this but the question is at the same time they are bleeding support from the younger generation of Americans and particularly younger American Jews. So what is like the across the street at the Washington Convention Center, what is their message right now at the time when people like the, you know, hard right nationalists like Bennett are just saying, yeah, we're going to completely colonize the West Banks and the Palestinians can live under, under our boot indefinitely.
4: So, like, I, I want to, like, zoom out a bit to, to like, like, kind of get there because I think that it's sort of important to establish that, like, the reason APAC has had such sway and has been able to, like, operate with the, like, you know, assumed consensus of everyone up until now is because they made being pro-Israel in American public life, like, like, oxygen. Like, that it's always present, that you don't think about it, that it's just sort of, like, a natural impulse. And they, like... Are really effective as a political institution and in as a political organization in doing that because they do an enormous amount of legwork and raise a lot of money through a network of bundlers to like affirm that support. Um, and so, like, what's they're running into at the conference, um, like, like the theme, like, how do they, you know, compel the youth uh, to support Israel and to be pro-Israel at a time when fewer and fewer of them are. Um, They sort of like they kind of ignore it like they don't like, you know, or they say that like, well, that's not the whole story or they talk about the need to fight BDS like there's not like much imagination about that. And it's because they've always existed in the, for the last number of decades. They've operated in a world in which like they've never actually had to deal with like a political movement or changing like to, like a changing for, or like a changing uh, like dynamic or sentiment that would cut against them. So there was
0: nothing at like the APAC conference that was like about, you know, how to talk to your kids about why Israel's cool or something like that. I mean,
4: that. there's some of those. I wasn't allowed into them because they don't allow press into anything interesting. But the like. The thing that like you, you you sort of see is that like young people don't go to the conference unless they're like one like totally blank slates who can be like whose like perspectives are malleable, or if they're um like like you know people who are already like converts. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of talking. Like they're talking within. Like outreach is difficult. Like I went to an APAC party put on by the conference Woo-hoo! that was their outreach like chapter party um they kicked me out after a while because apparently it was off the record but they didn't they looked at my badge and let me in anyway so i don't know what the deal was but i talked to like a bunch of people there and it was like you know a lot of like like a lot of black folks a lot of hispanic people um like lgbt uh like uh, like like you know community leader i don't really know how to put it because like a lot of these people were not actually community leaders but like worked in things that had nice titles or were like people who Coalition
1: NGO stuff?
4: Not like not even. Like very like it was it was like like very, CEO of me? Kind <laughs> of, yeah. Like with like maybe like empowerment or diversity and the stuff. And there was some anti Trump like like mild part to it, but like, you know, these are people who are pro Israel. And like that's why they're there.
5: Well the, the big thing that has always worked uh in APAC's advantage is the, the care deficit. I mean there was a poll out this week that uh, American support for Israel is still very high. Like people always point to like democratic support for it dropping a little bit. But the thing that does work to their advantage is that most Americans do not care to think about this. They don't care to think about, you know, what is this weird ethno state we use as a foreign policy proxy? Why is there, why is there a conference every year where every elected representative goes there to talk about how much they love this one country and that the the party you talked about, I mean, that next generation, they're going to be like Kamala Harris or they're going to be like, you know, what happened with the Illinois governor's race. Where Kamala even, Harris was even, there,
4: by the way. She met with APEC. Folks. Yeah.
5: And she talked about how instead of selling Girl Scout cookies, she raised money to plant trees in Israel when she was a girl. But which uh, was a great childhood.
3: But uh, just loves trees. What? But it's, uh, you know,
5: Well, okay. they had
1: to replace some trees after uh a- some got burned
2: Whatever down. this shit's boring, let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
0: sorry. <laughs> I, I I don't actually think this conversation is boring.
5: But like I mean, does? But I mean, like, look what happened with the Illinois lieutenant. Stop, Stop talking! <laughs> Stop, <bro>. Stop talking! <laughs> like, look what happened with the Israel with the uh, Illinois governor's race, where the running mate for Daniel Biss, who is like the one Democrat who wasn't an heir to a multi-hundred million dollar fortune or billion dollar fortune, his running mate, Carlos Rosa, was dropped because of his support for BDS. And you feel like you actually take the time to look at it and you go, why the fuck would the lieutenant governor of Illinois have to have, like, a pro-Israel stance? Who gives a shit? What does this even have to do with any Even if you were, like, just mildly or passively pro-Israel, you could just be like, who gives a shit? But... You know, they're just going to indoctrinate this next generation, introduce them to donor pools. And because most people, even even with a declining pool of Democrats actively supporting Israel, that care deficit is so low that, you know, the sort of cynical younger generation is still going to go, well, I'm going to access their money list. I'm going to access their super packs, I'm going to access the same pool of fucking dark money.
4: I mean, it's like the money will last beyond the lives of these people. But like yeah. it is worth noting that, like a lot of this pro Israel money and a lot of these institutions, like, you know, for example, some of APAC's biggest supporters, Sheldon Adelson and his wife, Miriam um, Lynn Schusterman, who's like uh, the Schusterman family were like oil oil barons basically in like Oklahoma, I think. And she's worth like $3 billion and she's like a big uh, backer of this kind of stuff. And, you know, like when they die, like they'll have foundations and things like that, but like the same kinds of donor relationships and like, like that that generation's absence in all of their like deep pockets, like I mean, it'll be interesting to see if the Christian Zionists can pick up the slack. So oh, uh, I, I believe in us. I believe we can do it.
0: Um the other the other sort of like big headline that came out of this APAC conference was uh Chuck Schumer's appearance Woo! for I mean, this guy is the leader of the Democratic love Party uh, in the Senate, at least. But also, I think nationally, he is. And
1: Sexy in all beast. of our hearts, yeah. yeah.
3: Don't don't count out
5: charisma powerhouse Tom Perez.
1: <laughs> also deeply erotic.
5: Uh, just uh, I just love a guy who sounds like he needs seventy throat lozenges all the time.
3: <laughs> I love a I, guy who looks like the Crip Keeper before he died.
5: <laughs> I, I saw I saw this video that they put up on Tom Perez's Twitter that was it was you know the anti-ACA repeal protest and he was just like
4: i think that everyone
5: deserves a right to affordable health care you know whatever fucking lukewarm piss they were offering (laughs) and i was thinking like people must have thought that he was recording a video for a gofundme they're like that poor (laughs) dying man has to record his own video
0: but um uh so so schumer spoke at apac he addressed the conference and in his speech he said the the settlements are not the cause of the conflict in Israel Palestine. That was like the big sort of like takeaway quote. Um, I mean,
4: he, he like said Islam was partly it. Basically, like he went like the most the most like right wing speaker at APAC was Chuck was Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Hell, like yes. this is this is not like and this isn't like you know like I like that was the consensus takeaway from like the journalists present like Nikki Haley got the biggest applause but cuz uh, she's like you know valiantly doing battle with the evil forces in the UN or whatever but like Chuck Schumer had the most like extreme speech in APAC and the thing is is like that's who he is like he's one of the big backers in the settlement behind that like bill that wants to basically outlaw BDS um like he's like he this is his position on Israel
0: I mean like, I don't know like the, when you talk to people who are did you talk to anyone in APAC who was you know a democrat or considers himself liberal like how do they how, you know how do they square this circle in their well
4: the, i mean the, the weirdly the british have like a much better way of talking about this because there's like a, a phrase that they came up with years ago um to describe this phenomenon and it's prep pip. prep prep or no wait it's pip Pre- no or, no pep 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 progressive <laughs> prep. except for palestine pep smear
3: okay. okay it's prep
4: yeah wow <laughs> that was that was actually definitely what i was referencing. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pep, progressive except for Palestine. And it's like it's because like pro-Israel advocacy over the years, particularly as like, you know, what pro-Israel, like how it could be sold as like a left or right thing has like changed over time. Like it became very easy, I guess, for people, some people like center um, on the left, like the center left to just compartmentalize like their Israel position. And Chuck Schumer is the like in 2018 is probably the like the most substantial avatar of that. Um,
3: well, I mean, it helps with Schumer that he just doesn't have
4: any real beliefs other than Israel
3: and uh, protecting Wall Street at all costs and gun control. <laughs> That's the holy trinity of Schumer ideology.
0: But no, but like, but it's 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 different though because, for instance, on the banking regulation thing that just happened, where they were able to, you know, gut um, Dodd Frank uh, with Democratic votes and Chuck. This was Chuck Schumer's own caucus doing it. He was saying, "Well, I'm against this," but he was still letting it come to a vote, which is something that Harry Reid blocked uh, many times, right? So, but he doesn't even have to do that fake, hypocritical two-step with things like Israel. He doesn't even have to pretend that because like, I'm the, personally against it, but I'm not going to stop and, it. And from this happening. goes
4: and this goes back to what I was saying before about how like APAC made being pro-Israel like oxygen. That like the political consequences for like like not being like in lockstep with APAC. Because that's really what like the standard is. Like the political consequences for not being in lockstep with APAC are like are really severe. And to be really, really, really pro Israel, how do they how do they none. enforce that though? How do they enforce that? I mean, so part of it is that the like it's not something where it's like they have to make threats or like APAC itself even has a pack. Like the idea is that it's reliable money. So like if you're a congressperson and you're running for you know in your district. And let's say so you're a Democrat and the D trip comes to you and says, you need to be raising X amount of money to make sure that like you're good for re-election, and that's X amount of money per week or whatever. And APAC is going to come in and say, you know, like, like here's like they, and they, you know, like they, there's a Connie Brock article in the New Yorker from like five years ago that talk or four years ago that talks about this like really, really well. Um, like they will take like, you know, You know, significant like lay leaders within APAC and they'll make them bundlers and like, you know, boost them up and lift them as donors and recognize them like this is just like, you know, how so many nonprofits work Um, and they'll lift them up for their activity in this regard and they will deliver reliable money. And it's not like, you know, it's 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 lobbying. It's just how like lobbying and campaign donations and that usual racket. But I mean.
0: What would it like what would it say? let's say there is a Democratic congressional candidate and they were raising a lot of money from like the grassroots or whatever, like they maybe like didn't need this huge influx of cash from AIPAC. What would happen if they were just like basically just said, you know what, fuck Israel. I don't really support Israel. I think it's a good country in particular.
4: Like that's a little bit more extreme than anything like Keith Ellison has said, but I think he's like a good example of what happens here. And part of it is that APAC doesn't actually have to do anything because there are people even further right than APAC who will happily do that like Insane, like you know, cracking the whip. Work who all who have their own like extensive like uh like networks of influence within Congress, like the Emergency Committee for Israel, which I think was like Bill Crystal, Noah Mm Pollock, Noah Pollock like ran it, and like you know when I think it was like Tammy Duckworth was running against um whoever she was running against Mark Kirk, yeah 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 yeah, because Kirk is like the most pro-Israel man alive, like he yeah Mark Kirk Mark Kirk (laughs) is
5: basically a version of Lindsey Graham who had his brain
4: microwave. (laughs) He like so like, when she was going up against Kirk, like ECI was all over it. So like APAC doesn't ever have to use the stick because all they get to do is the guy the carrot. Like and they 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 let other people do the stick work.
5: There are some there are like some reps who are like not terrible on this. Betty McCollum in Minnesota is one. Uh, and like the things they offer are like very far from what you, from you know. Well, we'd actually need the very mild steps but there are things like recognizing abuses recognizing occupations but yeah for the most part like Noah said this is a default position
4: I would, I would also say that the other thing to like sort of note there is that like, like, like Connor Lamb Who, like as like last night, appears to have won the special election in in the Pennsylvania 18. Like, Alex Perrine made this really good point on Twitter about how, like, you know, he is still a Democrat, like straight out of central casting. Like, even in this moment in which, like, you know, former Marine. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's widespread antipathy to, like, law enforcement within the Democratic base base and and there's like law there's like a lot of antipathy toward like prosecutors in general like within the democratic base like you know organized black political communities like these things that like supposedly after trump we're paying extra close attention to like the democrats still and like the like they still opt for candidates who are like you know the former prosecutor the former marine and with pro-israel stuff like it's Like, to me, I just view it as, like, it's a similar kind of tendency for them at this point. It's habit. And to break the habit, you have to, like it's 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 not just going to be that like Israel does something more substantial in Gaza and like that like kills like thousands of Palestinians that is going to make people sober up and wait uh, like fix that equation it's going to be part of whatever broader transformation actually changes the Democratic Party more like more broadly
0: I think the other the good the, the I, I know what you're talking about Kareem, and I think that the really good point he was making there is he was saying like I'm, I'm not saying that with like the the magic bullet to all this is just run more left-wing candidates in like every district in the country but what he was saying is that like uh, eventually a, the wave election is coming right so eventually the democrats are going to be back in control and when they are they're going to be expected to do something or else they're going to get shit came yeah because like, well. it, it's but just like is, you can't back, do ram again Yeah, this is back what we were talking about with ryan Grimm about this new idea about like that wave elections are going to happen all the time so the question is do you get someone in there who is just a just a complete blank slate for donors or whoever like who doesn't really have any vision for what they want to achieve in politics, or do you want to get someone in there who uh, has something that they want to get done before the next wave uh, washes them out?
4: I mean, I think that like when it comes to Israel, like there, there's, there's a lot of reason for us to care about it, but at the same time, like it's, you know, the broader, like political apathy in the democratic party to like substantially change, like how they view like foreign policy and human rights abroad, like i i have a hard time imagining that like you're going to see like better candidates on israel and better positions on israel and like what we do about israeli government policy until this like this similar like more like substantial like transformation that happens
3: Mm. yeah because there's just no organized organic push against it among voters people really like Felix said they don't register it as an issue that they have a very high priority for. Yeah. So they're not going to insist on the litmus test. They will on another issue, like maybe like healthcare or something. Or gun control. Or gun control, yeah. yeah.
5: It's not something... I'm just not incredibly optimistic about Like most Americans caring about any foreign policy. Just not the type of country we are. I know. It's not, not a type of voting, voting... There's no foreign policy voter block in America. People just don't want to think about it. They, they don't, don't want to fucking think about it at all. The only way I, I don't know
1: I, though, even like that. We don't want to. We're just. I mean, it's a stereotype, but <clears throat> we don't go anywhere. Yeah, like very few of us even have passports.
5: When we go to the airport uh, with David Brooks, we're embarrassed because we can't pronounce the names of the places he's like going. Cinnabon <laughs> or.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Uh, oh, what the fuck is Brookstone? <laughs> you think that you could get some traction just on a one-to-one level if you're arguing with somebody by saying. And you know the alt right guys. You know the horrible vision of a society that they that they imagine. Israel is literally the country they want to make.
1: Yeah, like it's, it's that's yeah.
3: The only thing that I, really, the
5: only way I could actually see, because most Americans don't know what the fuck the alt right is, the only way I see it it's like true. getting any actual traction is from this sort of like, I guess the way that libertarians do it, which is not like not a linguistic approach that most on the left would agree with, but of this sort of more isolationist than anti-imperialist stance where you're like, why do we have to do, why do we it's have to be here, why do we have to care to about this shit? I yeah. mean, I, it,
1: it really isn't a bad place to start because Americans are very receptive to, like, why are we fucking with other people's exactly. shit? We do have some, like, cultural, political presence yeah. for that. I mean, I was going to yeah. say
4: the best way to do it is the, is the Jezo way, which is, like, his like he has, like, when there was, uh, I forget, it was, like, the most, like, it was a recent... I don't remember which was, but it was after like some like terrorist attack. Maybe it was Manchester or something. He like, you know, did the very like simple, like, you know, three sentence explanation of how part of the reason that like we suffer these attacks, um, these horrible, like, you know, morally unconscionable, like terrible things is because of things that we do abroad that inspire this reprisal and and that like cause it and like making like, you know, that logical, like the very basic like logical, uh, like like explaining that like logical process.
0: Well, you, you, we mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, BDS uh, briefly. I'd like to switch gears now and just ask you uh, as part of a little struggle session here: Are Matt and Virgil complicit with breaking BDS by going on an Israeli cable news network to talk about video games? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's okay. Let them have it if they
4: have indeed sinned. I will, like, open this by, like, qualifying heavily and saying that, like, I'm not any kind of, like, authority on BDS, um, in, in like, in part because, like, I don't practice it myself, and so, like, I don't want to, like, you know, be like, that's kosher, that's not kosher. However, like, I-24 is, like, a news publication, and, like, you're reaching an audience, and, like, I don't think that like boy like it's one thing not to play a show and take a lot of money for the service of like performing in an auditorium in like tel aviv as like lord or whatever like 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 that's one thing it's another thing to like go on israeli media using that platform to talk about a really critically engaging social issue like video (laughs) games i don't know man it seems pretty worth it to me
3: uh for (laughs) (laughs) for the record all i got from them was one airhead (laughs) <laughs> that's all I took out of the green room that's all the Zionist media gave you yes it was a single <laughs> airhead uh, I, I'd i actually struggled with it before because I knew the origin of the place but uh, I don't know I thought it'd be funny more than anything and I honestly if I had thought that it was going to materially aid the Israeli settlement and uh, occupation I wouldn't have done it but Yeah, they're I, going
1: to use your presence yes. uh, to justify more settlements me
3: looking like absolute shit on television is going to help if anything, I I turned viewers off of the channel, which
2: helps. <laughs> yeah, 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 the yeah These, these, well, these, like these
5: the- people were coming from APAC. We going to this some horrible talk with like Israel, the coolest place in the world, and then they saw Matt on TV wearing like an overall with one strap broken <laughs> and like chewing a piece of straw and going like Max Payne killed his wife.
1: <laughs> Matt two, a barrel with suspenders on it. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Every time he jumped up, you saw his balls. <laughs>
2: That was actually the, was the most. I was telling you guys about yeah. the
1: the the like one of these German tourist guys who like stays at some Airbnb around here in Bedsty where it is, uh, and he and he went into the bodega, and of course like the the most common hummus for sale is Sabra, which is like an Israeli company or whatever, mm-hmm. and the bodega is owned by like Yemenis, and uh, or is run by Yemenis, and Felix, remember Alex. The, uh, the the most Afrocentric Yemeni, that
5: guy fucking rules. Very <laughs> yeah. liberal with his n words, but really rules. Very
1: liberal with his n words, but uh, no one seems to mind. Yeah, he um, just has a good attitude. He's just he's just a positive guy. <laughs> Alex was behind the counter, and this like German tourist guy is like, "Hey man, you shouldn't sell this because you know what." what this company is doing to your people. He goes into a BDS spiel with a slight German accent, holding this this little tub of Sabra hummus, and Alex looks at him, and he just goes, after he finishes the spiel, he just goes, nah, man.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, please, please, I am filled with settlement hummus. (laughs) (laughs) I am on on the nine-month vacation
0: that every German goes on. Never mind, who is it?
3: The guy was clearly not an anti-Deutsch.
0: When we uh, we were watching the Oscars, who is it who told me that uh, when 3 Six Mafia was nominated and won for Hard Out There for a Pimp, they were on the red carpet? and Selma Hayek came yelled at them yes, and yeah. yelled at them and said like your people
3: are dying in,
5: in yeah. Sudan or something. No, she was like "Why what you members wear... members of Triple Six Records.
0: Lord <laughs> Infamous. No, yeah. uh, no, she she said like you're wearing all those diamonds while your oh, brothers in yeah. Africa yeah. die oh, for she, them. Is she a documentary yeah. about
1: blood diamonds or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah I that. love I love
5: actors They just see any black <laughs> person they're like brother from Africa rise up with me. <laughs> it's like Could you not be from the year eighteen twenty or something? What the fuck is wrong with you? Just just going up, going up to Juicy Jane. Like, why are you silent about Omar Bashir? This is your responsibility as a black. I'm progressive, by the way.
4: There's one other thing I wanted to say um, that I saw at APAC that I thought was kind of interesting. So I interviewed a bunch of college kids because I wanted to see, like, you know, these are like, you know, APAC flies in hundreds of student government leaders from colleges around the country into the event for free. And a bunch of those people then later go on APAC trips, which is like mirrors what it does. They they bring in all all the model
0: UNs from schools around the world. And they'll be like, you're going to have to get used to getting voted against these things.
4: Yeah. So like APAC flies, like, you know, these Jewish college students in uh, and non-Jewish college students as well. And they're like basically creating like like, and the non-jewish is is, is like a really important part of it because they want to, like, obviously, you know, not all of the people in Congress are Jewish, but they put them on planes to Israel and they have like a whole infrastructure to support them as pro-Israel advocates. And so, you know, like if the younger generation hates Donald Trump and Donald Trump is like, you know, getting like, like, like applause line after applause line at APEC, like how do they square that circle? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up like talking with a bunch of them and I just ended up meeting a ton of college Republicans and a bunch of people who were like, you know, student government leaders who didn't think they were going into politics. And, like, you know, wanted to, like, go into business or something, but wanted mm-hmm. to try this out. So, you know, previously, I've, like, met a bunch of, like, when I was in college, even, like, at a place like Berkeley, I knew a lot of student government people who did stuff with APAC. And now I can like... You know, this is, like, fairly anecdotal, but, like, based on the conversations I've had with people at, like, universities or elsewhere around the country, you get the sense that, like, the sort of – the way that APAC was able to build, you know, consensus among the, like, you know, burgeoning elite or whatever in years past is, like, it's somewhat fading and it's really just college Republicans and, like, a handful of, like, you know, left-leaning, like, like pro-people who are already crazy pro-Israel.
0: Well, yeah, you bring that up, uh, like the, the Trump aspect to this is interesting because, you know, I saw some Israeli politicians saying that we should rename streets for Donald Trump because of his oh, the embassy move. And like they, they like he's beloved in a way because he's an obnoxious shithead who says and believes Well, they're going to the name things. a light
4: rail station after him. Oh,
0: great. I mean, like he's Injury the living himself. embodiment of like everything they believe in. And like he he buys all of it himself. Uh, and, you know, he and, and he has that like, you know, he is aggressively pro Israel in ways that even like George W. Bush wasn't
4: right. Well, and and it's also not even necessarily that like, you know, he's his like instincts are pro Israel because he's always, the mask is always kind of like, you know, during the campaign, especially it really slipped with that. Um, but he is like part of like an established, like, like his background, like his connections with Kushner who Kushner has given personally, like tons of money to settlers. um, like and his appointment of David Friedman, and so a settler loving guy himself, as ambassador to Israel,
0: and as during his uh, his tenure at the New York Observer, made that newspaper into a huge, you know, like party line uh, yeah. shop. Yeah.
4: So, so there is like, you know, with with Trump, what I think will be kind of interesting to see, like coming into the future, is like, you know, for all the people whose political identities are in in like electoral politics are formed. By this, you know, time in which everyone hates Trump and he's like the biggest animating like force in American politics or whatever, like what? like like, how do you build a base out of people who hate him so much when at your biggest conference and repeatedly you celebrate his accomplishments, like moving the embassy to Jerusalem and everything. And like, you know, the APAC rank and file right now, love it. But like, what about 10 years from now?
0: Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, um, I don't know if you've been following this, but um, it is about APAC. Apparently um, a filmmaker has, has done a documentary about APAC that is supposed to be aired on Al Jazeera. That includes, like sort of undercover recorded, like I think he was able to record some of the sessions, or he got people talking, like in like in one of those like stunt like recorded, you know, undercover investigations about of APAC. Um, there, it's currently not been aired yet because the government of Qatar is under enormous pressure to spike this documentary, and I saw a headline that said. Alan Dershowitz demands, uh, you know, equal time be given to a pro-Israel voice in this Al Jazeera documentary. And I just thought, in what position is Alan Dershowitz to fucking demand anything of a cable news organization? (laughs) He's the Dersh. He's
1: the Dersh. He just gets to demand things. There's
4: something really interesting, though, here under the surface, which is that – um, so one one of the pe- one of the speakers I saw at APAC uh, is an official with the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Which in the 1950s, when APAC was created, those two organizations became like hugely influential Jewish community-based uh, like advocacy groups to for like the you know as they would put it, like the Israeli-American relationship. And um, one of the things that he said was that he had just taken a trip to the UAE. And that he was like really impre- impressed with like the pluralistic society and like the way that they had structured and the way that they, you know, respected rights and things like all the stuff that he saw there. And that we in the
0: Arab in the-, the UAE,
4: Yeah. And he said that, like, we know we should really also fo- focus on fostering like positive relationships with countries like Saudi Arabia and others that like these Gulf states that are, you know, sufficiently um, like th- th- that seem to be warming to Israel. And I thought that that was also really interesting um, because, you know, when you see Dershowitz and other people like, you know, like whining about Al Jazeera, like on one hand, like, yeah, Dershowitz is just like, you know, like getting mad about like anti-Israel stuff in the media or quote unquote anti-Israel stuff in the media. On the other hand, though, what's also happening here is that, like, as Israel's, like, standing changes with these very powerful Gulf kingdoms who are now all jockeying against one another for, like, regional power in these, like, really, like, like uh, tumulty kind of ways, you actually – I think that it'll be interesting to see, like, well, where it is like, the APAC people and all the other pro-Israel people who have a lot of influence in Washington, like, where what are they going to do? Because so far they're just saying, like, well, we sure love these Gulf states.
5: Well, yeah the Gulf the Gulf Israel it used to be sort of a tacit alliance a few years ago is now becoming more and more more overt. It was a big ambassador Taiba project, the UAE ambassador, the I mean the Emiratis are they're the I wish Virgil was here to get my Game of Thrones reference. I <laughs> they're, watched they're, that book okay, of Gambo Thrones. Uh they're like the little finger of Gambo Thrones. Yes. Not as rich as the Saudis but very clever. Yes, very. Very, very, very clever. clever boys. <laughs> but you know, they'll be fine with it. They'll be fine with it because they're all they're, they always are and they share the same enemy in Iran. Uh they all sort of came together to fuck with uh Qatar during the Qatar GCC crisis and you know i wish i wish the new polyamorous family of the gcc and uh israel the best of luck
4: i mean they they feel like they have a lot of the same enemies these days like in iran like it it gives them like it's a lot of like very obvious and like transparent like motivation as to like why these different like groups would like seek to link up
3: i have an idea to solve all of this let's go Mm -hmm. all right not two states not one state 16 states (laughs) Divided by Myers Briggs personality type. Oh yes. yeah! Oh yes. oh! And the new
5: citizenship test is: you go up to a border guard, and he hits you with the hoe test. And if you give him the intj stare, you can vote in Israel, United States of
3: Israel elections. Yeah, because of course that's the intj uh, state that's going to be created. Yeah, yeah. Intj. Yeah, I'm going to be in the int the state.
0: Uh, Just uh, just a follow up of what I was talking about earlier. This is a a documentary series uh, that's done by Al Jazeera by um, their head of investigations, a guy named Clayton Swisher. And they did the first one was it's called The Lobby. And the first entry in the series is about the UK. And they infiltrated these you know groups and recorded people. uh, I'm reading now from the Electronic Intifada. Uh, it is said it included undercover footage of an Israeli embassy official plotting with a British civil servant to take down a UK government minister deemed critical of Israel. And apparently in the American counterpart, which is yet to be aired, the film identifies a member a number of lobby groups as working with the Israeli spy Israel to spy on American citizens using sophisticated data gathering techniques, and it has also said to cast light on covert efforts to smear and intimidate Americans seen as too critical of Israel.
4: Well, this actually so this goes back. I'm saying that I realized that I mentioned that I didn't return to earlier was that this event that I went to with the settlers was sponsored by a government ministry. It's called the Ministry of Strategic Affairs, and it was created like a decade and a half ago as like this project to like fight anti-Israel propaganda abroad. And the head of that ministry, Gilad Erdan, he wasn't present at this event, but he, like, sent, like, a video message. And the Ministry of Strategic Affairs is, is like, this black box. It's, like, a clandestine foreign operations, like, ministry, although, like, a lot of whose public activity is just fighting BDS. And it's, like, a, a lot of Israeli diplomats are very, like, the – I think, like, the professional uh, – like, the, like the, prof- the head of the professional staff of the foreign ministry in Israel – is like, yeah, they, like, aren't accountable to the rest of government or anything. And so it's like, even by, like, the already, like, very loose standards for the Israeli foreign ministry to, like, you know, like, do Hasbara, like, Hebrew for explanation, really just for, like, propaganda on behalf of Israel, um like, their ability to do, like, 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 like the foreign ministry is already allowed to do a lot of Hasbara. Like, the strategic affairs is just like that, but taken to a really, like... Like a much more extreme and Here, uh, way, and it sounds like the, it, it it fits in perfectly. Here's my like.
0: question about uh, BDS. For just, I, I mean, I know like you're, you know, I I wonder if you can answer it, but just for the Hasbara people, I would like to pose them this question: Is there any way to oppose the policies of the government of Israel or even the state of Israel itself that's legitimate? Because obviously, armed resistance is out; that's terrorism. Uh, but and then an economic boycott or you know that's apparently economic violence as well that's too far so is it just like you it's it's, is it like just an opinion you could hold personally but never practically uh apply it in any way because that's i don't know violence or anti-semitism absolutely i mean i think that
4: that's that like application is at the point at which like when you move from like ideation to application there it's like uh that's when you start doing wrong because like I don't know, very shrewdly I would say a lot of like the like like the way people talk about this and like the most big the biggest pro Israel people talk about it is that like why focus on this why focus on us like. It's it's this idea that like any criticism is so ridiculous, right? Like you're
0: think. criticizing us and not China, who has the, uh, terrible human yeah, rights like, violations. Yeah, like we're a small country or, the yeah. size
4: of New Jersey, only six million people, and we're in a rough neighborhood. Like they love that phrase, rough neighborhood. Like your tough neighborhood. Like yeah, you it's, moved
0: it's, there. It's, yeah.
5: <laughs> oh, uh, oh wow! I, look, I just need these artillery pieces. I moved to East New York. Uh, I also didn't buy any. That just took my neighbor's house.
0: Everyone's mad at me all the time. It's awful. And like, yeah, and I think the other the other elements of feeling something about you moved there is also like like you know this idea that Israel, the modern state of Israel, has existed in its current form for like five thousand years or something like that. Uh, talk about and game. Of, <laughs> talk about Game
5: of Thrones shit. Have you ever heard the thing about how Netanyahu has some stupid piece of shit stone in his office that is supposedly like you know, uh, first kingdom of Israel engraving of his last name. It's yeah, like, another oh, made-up last name. It exists hey. hey. until the 1800s. That this is, is some is, ho up shit. No, but
2: this, is, yeah. this is,
4: like, so much of, like, what what happens within Israel borders that, like, if you're a guitarist and you go on birthright or something, a huge chunk of what you do is, like, you know, like, there's, like, an earnest and academic and, like, you know, like, interesting and sophisticated way to look at, like, you know, archaeology in Israel, obviously. But what happens is that a lot of this stuff is, like, it's, like, a, a theme park For a certain kind of view meant to affirm and legitimate the exit, like the the creation of the state of Israel in 1948 and its victory in the Six Day War in 1967 when it started occupying the West uh, West Bank because then it became this like ongoing campaign through the institutions of the state to legitimize Jewish presence there. Like, settlers do not call it the West Bank. They call it Judea and Samaria because supposedly right. – like, or not supposedly, but, like, those were the names, like, you know, thousands of years ago for what those territories were. And, like, establishing that kind of a historic continuity is, of course, an obsession with them because it is an opportunity for them to, like, legitimate their narrative. Is
0: there a consciousness, like, you know, on Birthright or in Israel that uh, the – people who lived in what was you know what was called palestine in like let's say the first century or like you know the, the, the these mythical jews that you know in the old testament of the bible do they think that those people look like the people who currently live in israel
2: uh,
4: yes so i mean like, well like vaguely so there's like so like eastern europeans basically. i mean well no but this is the thing it's like the initial zionists and settlers were all like you know ashkenazic jews from europe the majority of the country is now uh, like sephardic like they are are, are non Ashkenazic like you know from Morocco from Syria from Yemen from Egypt like it's 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 it it, like the image and like the all of like the founding myths of the state are like wrapped up in like Ashkenazic identity and like an idea called like the new Jew this idea you know think of like Paul Newman and Exodus like this like you talked
1: about this with with I think about Paul Newman and Exodus a
4: lot (laughs) yeah I mean you know I I'm not gonna lie, we
0: we talked about uh, we talked about this with Ellie Valley when he was on the show. Is yeah, like the, the consciously the creation of this myth involved the creation of the miss, the mythic. Israeli new man, which is of course in the Israeli contrast, bug man <laughs> in contrast to the diaspora Jewish man who is you know weak. Well and, so uh, I mean
4: maybe this is like a good place to sentiment. kind of conclude this. Like when I saw the Yesha Council guy like when I was at the Yesha event, so Neftali Bennett gets up there and spokes. And so he's a minister he's a minister with two portfolios. He's the minister of education and he's also the minister of diaspora affairs. So he like, yeah, it, it's
1: he made, he's also he made,
3: got he a Lisa it. Frank Trapper.
5: He
1: wears a lot of hats.
5: He made a fucking rap video that was like, don't be ashamed to be Jewish. Be insanely racist in Israel with us <laughs> a few years ago. He literally did that. So
4: he talked about how the diaspora like Jewry was like, you know, like he's like in Israel, we're doing fine. Like, we're great. He, you know, we are like, like, you know, I like, I, you know, like our country is moving in the right direction. Our society is moving in the right direction. Like things are good, but I'm concerned about the diaspora. You guys are not Jewish enough. And he started talking about how like reproduction in the settlements, like people were having families and babies and stuff like that. And like gesturing at how the birth rate and Jewish birth rate in Israel was really, really high. But that like, you know, Jews of the diaspora weren't doing their part. And so there is like this, you know like now outwardly looking at like the rest of the world, what Israel here's. What, I
0: mean, Matt alluded to this earlier. I, I know we're, we're going long here, but this is, this is something that's interesting to me. Obviously like uh, a, a big, a big part of Zionist uh, propaganda as it's pitched to uh, Jews in the diaspora is that like, come home, you're not safe anywhere else in the world right you'll always be an outsider no matter where you settle there's always like this specter of like the the holocaust or being rounded up again like no matter how safe or comfortable or cosmopolitan you may feel even in america how does that jive with again the enormous popularity of a figure like donald trump And his enormous popularity with, as Matt mentioned, like the alt-right who is explicitly anti-Semitic and would like nothing better than to do their own Holocaust. I mean,
4: I would say the short answer is that Jews are like the Jewish experience in America is like an experience of being white. Like, so, of course, if you're so if you're like, you know, I mean, so so can't be more
0: safe. So that's
4: because it's like, you know, you know, like Judaism, my. uh My dad once told me, like, sort of a – he was a rabbi in Brazil for a number of years, and he gave me a really, like, a useful way to think about this, which is that, like, you know, Judaism and Jewishness in countries often – like replicates in a lot of fashions the like you know dominant religious culture there um for jewish judaism not necessarily jewish identity but like you could see it apply there's uh, you could obviously like make that connection and so in brazil it meant that jewish ritual and the jewish experience was like very catholic and very ritualistic and then in america you know it's a like deeply Protestant tradition church on Sunday synagogue on Saturday, like, so as Jews, you know, we're able to assimilate into that mode more and more and more. And there've been like, like there's a book called how the Jews became white that talks about this. And there's, and there's other writing and research about it, but it's, you know, as, as Jews, you know, sort of started being viewed as white and getting the benefits of whiteness. Like, I think that it seems pretty clear that those benefits also mean that they look at somebody like Donald Trump. And while as, as a community Jews, you know, are generally much more liberal and so on, like as, as to how the Jews who support Trump can, um, can, you know, reconcile that with the fact that like, you know, his like alt-right like supporters are crazy anti-Semites it's because, like you know, they, they th- that stuff matters to them less. They view him like as, as white he, people he do. Because he delivers
0: the goods on exactly. Israel, like the embassy. He, and, 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 like and
4: if, like, once you check that box, then it's like, well, well, he does all this. He says all this other stuff that resonates with me too.
0: So, I, and Matt, you alluded to it before, but I guess I'm just interested in like how, like, this is what Adam said when he went on the yeah. I, I the, the Israeli cable news deal is that like the more the sort of alt right enters the public consciousness, and I think you're right that most Americans don't have any idea what this shit is about. But, I mean, like, apparently, I mean, I
3: don't know. There was that Hillary speech that she gave, where uh, right. she said,
0: "Pepe the Frog, <laughs> he, um, but he's not good." The more the idea that like their political goal and their greatest wish is for a white ethno state, the more that, that people become cognizant of that and either embrace it or are disgusted by it. Does is that isn't that a double-edged sword for Israel? I mean, it, no, they've it, never cared about
5: that. No, like the the, the Israel will do business. With whoever they always have. I mean, the Stern Gang did business. No, no, with the third. Well,
0: like I meant I mean for like, yeah, in like
5: America,
3: Jewish support in America, like because it's like, oh, this is the country they want. Like Maybe the thing that we're like horrified a by generation Trump
1: of media savvy people, but I mean, the majority of like Jews in America don't make. know who Pepe the frog that doesn't re- is. Re- that doesn't
5: register with people. Hypocrisy doesn't register no, no, with people. No, it's not hypocrisy. It's it's confluence. No, it's no, are saying I, no, you but you're saying that you're like saying that you. You think that, OK, for young supporters of Israel who also don't like Donald Trump, you can point to the alt-right and go, this is the state that you want. The state that you support is an ethno state, right?
3: Well, they're
0: like, yeah, they're like, or like yeah, they're that's totally not it's critical.
3: I'm saying right. you don't like this in the abstract, but this is the concrete version of it. Right. So what
5: I'm saying is pointing out people's hypocrisy. That's not hypocrisy. Work. Yeah, it is. No, is. You're literally saying that. You okay? So you're against the alt-right's vision of the world, yet the state you support is, is a mirror real. image. Of yeah, that is pointing out hypocrisy, but it doesn't work because people want what they want. I I I. I that not hypocrisy? Point, yeah, just, that literally is what pointing out hypocrisy is. No,
3: but I'm not talking about supporting it. I'm saying. You think you want this, and this is what it is. Ah, never mind. Fuck this. Cut it well, Don't
2: no,
1: it uh, uh, to to answer your question, Will, no. No one knows who the fuck Pepe the Frog is. We're all way too online. It's not going to be helpful.
4: <laughs> um, uh, one last thing I want to plug is, so um, I'm working on a new project, a magazine called Jewish Currents, and we're doing a really big relaunch, um, like a print relaunch and a digital relaunch uh, next month. And um, we're reducing our subscription price. Uh, for the next little while uh, leading up to that. Um, not sure how long it'll go, but um, it'll definitely be active for anybody who listens to this. Um, for 18 bucks, you can get a year subscription. It comes out four times a year. Um, it's, if you liked what we talked about today, it'll be a lot, a lot of that and then some, but it's basically a Jewish leftist magazine. And uh, you can check it out at Jewishcurrents.org and hit the subscribe button if, if you'd like.
0: Smash that subscribe button. I will follow your plug with one of our own, San Francisco. You are the only city left on the West Coast with tickets still available to see us in just a week or so. So San Francisco, if you're there in the Bay Area, tickets still available for Chapo Live West Coast Tour. Please come out. We'd love to see you. And if you know anyone who's in San Francisco who's never heard of us before, tell them to come just as well.
4: Elizabeth Holmes. (laughs) Please. We love you.
0: Um... That's good. Till next week, guys. Next time, see you in California. Thanks again, Noah. See you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank
1: you. Bye.